0: Everybody doing today, folks. It's another day here on the Inside. Inside Sales Show. My name is Daryl, but you know that. It's good to have you back here. Um what's going on? What's happening in your life? Anything new, exciting? Let me ask you a question. How are you feeling? Because you know, I don't know about you, but we're in the middle. Okay. So if you're north of the equator, we're in the middle of our winter, you know, and it's like, you get the the late January, early February blues, where it just seems you're lethargic, or maybe you're hibernating, or maybe you're second guessing every single decision you made in life, including all those cupcakes and butter tarts you had over the COVID, which I mean, I, I'm i beyond the COVID nineteen at this point in time. Which I just want you to know. So now I have no self esteem left, and I'm feeling pretty, uh, pretty bad. Although, in fairness, the butter tarts were really good. Um, but no, it's, it's, I asked the question because I actually had a really interesting conversation with um, my son on the weekend. So, for those who don't know, uh, my son is is a little bit like his old man. Uh, he's a broadcaster, and you know, so he's a television reporter, he's an anchor, he's a radio person, he does all that kind of stuff. And I, and I, and I tease and torment him all the time saying that, you know, my audience is far more engaged than his audience is, um, and that his, he's not nearly as good as his old man, but between you and I, he is. He's really, really good. So he's having good success. All right, so then that's, a, that's a kind of a frame point. He's having good success, um, and he's, he's, he's rapidly, you know, he's flipped jobs. He's, I don't know, he's saying he's five years, whatever, maybe doing his uh, career now, and he's changed jobs uh, four times, as you do in media. You go from the middle of nowhere. So his first job, this sidebar, was, was literally five hours north of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Now, for those of you who go, well, where the hell is Winnipeg from? True story, Winnie the Pooh was based on the name Winnipeg, because the author was Canadian. So little factoid. But Winnipeg is this this cold city in the winter because it's quite north. And in the summer, it is infested with black flies and mosquitoes. I honestly don't know why people live there. It's beautiful if you can just be in a bubble the whole time you're there. And for my Winnipeg listeners, I love you. Go Jets. But He was five hours by driving north of that, his first job, earning less than minimum wage as a contracted employee at a radio station where they served collectively over multiple provinces because they had repeater stations, 50,000 rural farmers. And he was the FM afternoon guy. That was his first job. So, folks. It's kind of like sales. You got to start somewhere. You start as an SDR. And of course, as an SDR, what do you think about? You think about you want to be an AE and you want to be, you know, whatever. You want to climb that career. And that's what he's done. So, you know, he's changed jobs and now he's kicking ass. He's in the nation's capital and he's, he's on the biggest network in Canada. And he's, he's doing great. Why is this relevant to you in a sales show? Is this a humble brag? No, it's relevant because of this. He called me up and he said to me, I'm just starting to really second guess my career and I'm not sure this is what I want to do forever. And the anxiety of having a deadline every day and having my job my my sign story changed often two, three days of the five day week, you know, midday because another news story has developed. So drop everything you're doing and you have to do this. And by the way, you still have a deadline because we go to air, you know, the news is at whatever time, five, six o'clock, whatever um, it's getting at me. And a lot of the stuff, it's tough, Like you know, it's quite common for him to cover murders. Right. As an example. And he's got to go talk to the grieving widow and knock on doors. It's not necessarily the glamorous job you think it is. And so he's sitting here going, I don't know if this is what I want to do, but here's the thing. I don't know what I would do next. And I'm at a crossroads. So let's just take apart what he's saying to us. What he's saying is he's got a vision of his career and he's achieved part of it, but he doesn't know the long path, where to go from here. And he doesn't know what else would do, what he would, he would do. So maybe he's feeling a little trapped. Okay. And then he shared, he's got this anxiety. He's got this emotional investment that's eating away at him. Fair. Can you relate do you ever have anxiety about where your career is going? Do you have anxiety about hitting your sales number? Do you have anxiety about whether you're on a path to what you hope to achieve someday? Maybe you want to buy a house. Maybe you want to retire. I don't know. Whatever point you are in between. And maybe your career just isn't going the way you thought it would go. Maybe it's not the career. Maybe it's you. Maybe you you gain that COVID-19 and you're not feeling good about yourself. You're doubting yourself. Maybe, maybe as good as your numbers are, you just don't think you're very good at your job because you see other people doing better and, and changing jobs and, and maybe getting more visibility and social for whatever reason. And you start to think that you're just not it. Here's the thing. All of these things impact your well-being. All of these things impact, consequently, And consequentially, both words apply here, your performance. These words affect how you feel about yourself. These words affect how you interact with your family, your friends, your kids. And they challenge you. And sometimes they can become self-fulfilling. So when you're in this situation, when you're struggling with your emotional well-being, your physical well-being, your mental health, and you know it's impacting you, you're self-aware enough to do that but you're kind of at a crossroads. What do you do? Well, you know, I've been there. I've shared this before, I'll share it again in my early 30s. I had a breakdown and it is devastating. So today I thought, in the middle of winter, we should probably have that conversation because it affects all of us. So I thought, who was the most dysfunctional, mentally unstable person I know? And that's when I thought of Jenny Brennan, the senior director of sales at Agora Pulse. If you want to talk about messed up, it's Jenny. Jenny, how you doing my friend?
1: Hey, Daryl, I'm great. How are you?
0: I'm doing well. Now, you know what I love about Jenny? If you're watching on video, you know, she's got kind of that mid torso shot up near the headshot, the classic headshot. But what does she got? She's made sure she's got a shirt that says Agora Pulse right in the branding. She's nailed the branding. She may be a mess. But she's got awesome branding. So there you have. I'm teasing. Jenny, I'm giving you grief. Just so we're clear on this, Jenny is not a mess. In fact, she's quite the opposite. She's a dynamo. She's She's been like this up-and-coming star in the sales world. People are talking about her. And she's just the, she's got the best accent. But here's what really matters, folks, okay? Jenny has two dogs, and one of them is a schnauzer. I have a schnauzer. We are schnauzer buddies. So... There we go. That's the stage. Jenny, are you going to help us out today and deal with all this trauma and challenging and, and 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 just issues and messy stuff that we've talked about today? Can you relate to anything I just said in that little opening monologue?
1: Yes, 100%. You just told my story. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yep, on the same page. And also, we have a lot in common because we're probably as messed up as each other, I would imagine.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the funny part, right? People... People see you either, and Mike, I can speak for me, I can't speak for Jenny, but for me, I can say, you know, people see you, they see, that you see the public me, and and you see all this, like, I I may be a little emphatic, I may be a little bit demonstrative, I may be a little enthusiastic, and you think, you might think, (laughs) you might think. He's really got it together. No, I'm a mess. Just sort of clearing that I'm a mess like everybody else. So every day it's like, how the hell did I get here? And when are they going to figure out that I'm a loser? So that's the, the challenges we struggle with. Um, and if you ask my sales team, they'll say, yeah, he's a mess. He's a loser. So there you go. It's, it's universal across the across the, the board. Um, but you've got a bit of a journey yourself, Jenny. I mean, talk to if you don't mind. Can you share a little bit of your story?
1: Yeah, sure. No worries. Um, so, um, first of all, thanks for having me on. It's really great to be here. I'm very excited because I listen to your shows. So I'm, um, I'm kind of starstruck at the moment to be with you, Daryl. And, um, yeah, I'll share a bit of my story. Um, so I, I came to sales late. I came to staff sales very late. Um, but actually looking back, I was probably always a say in sales from the age of about 18 months. <laughs> I was always getting what I getting what I wanted. Um, and I my story, my short form of my story is um, I left school uh, with a um, an okay leaving cert, is what we have here in Ireland. So depending on where you are in the world, it's like the final exams that get you into university. I just got enough to get into college and do a course. Um, and I took off into the world of tourism and event management and for about eight, nine years until my late twenties. At which point I, um, with my husband, who I've been with since I was 19 and we're still together. Uh, amazingly, he still puts up with me. Um, we had a baby in our late 20s and I kind of walked away from my career, if I'm honest. I kind of decided, yeah, you know, I'm just going to stay at home, be a stay-at-home mom, which I don't regret. I love that decision. Um, I had great time with my kids, but I lost myself. Um, I lost my purpose, my sense of, you know, what else was there for me to be focused on. And again, I love my children very, very dearly, but I'm also quite a driven person. I like to achieve, I like to win, I like to challenge myself, I like to learn. And so from my kind of late 20s to my early 30s, I suffered from a lot of anxiety and postnatal depression. Um, And I won't go into all of it, but basically it landed me at the age of about 34, 35, uh, when the recession had really um, affected us as a family. So like 2008, I think is the year that most of us Probably remember where we were when everything broke out on the TV. Um, I was feeding a child and, um, in 2011, the, uh, the recession kind of landed at our front door. Uh, my husband, who's amazing, had his own business. It was going really, really well. And unfortunately, through economic uh, issues within the space of three weeks, his business was gone. And there were no sales jobs. He also uh, comes from a long uh, sales background. And so long story short, I discovered the internet. And I had never really, um, people laugh at me when I say this. There was 2011, everybody was on the internet, but I wasn't, I was in my own world. And uh, I remember sitting at the kitchen island uh, in our house one night. And I had this like really crappy bad broadband. We've talked about this before because we both uh, live in rural place. And I put it in a sandwich bag, and I put the sandwich bag out of the fly window in the kitchen to get a good enough connection for Google. And so (laughs) I typed in how to make money from home. And so I typed in how to make money from home because I didn't want to go back into the rat race. I didn't want to go back into the childcare and the expense of it all. And anyway, there was no jobs. So I came across this whole concept of social media marketing. I literally just fell into a webinar that was being run by a lady called Mary Smith, who's known in the world of social media as the Facebook queen. And I was like, this is really cool. Like she's in sunny San Diego. I was in peeing rain Ireland. And I was learning from this woman in California about how to market a business on social media. And I was like, this is amazing. I can offer this service. And my husband was like, what are you talking about? You don't have the first clue about marketing. I was like, I'm gonna figure it out. And I figured it out and I learned and I absorbed as much as I possibly could Eventually, again, long story short, and there's lots of funny anecdotal things in between. I started my own boutique uh, agency. One of my first clients was uh, the CEO of Agora Pulse, a guy called Emric Erno, and a dear, dear friend who I don't know if he took pity on me to be perfectly honest because he loved my story and gave me a job. Um, but I started working with him, and I borrowed money to go to San Diego the following year to learn from all these social media influencers, all these people who knew what they were doing because I want to bring the latest and greatest stuff back to Ireland and I wanted to offer the service uh, so I learned how to sell I learned how to set up a business I learned a new craft I learned how to sell I learned how to hire people and I was like oh I can sell um, again long story short um, Agora Pulse was growing going really really well and five years ago Emrick said please leave your business and come work for me we're going to be huge this is going to be big you're going to love it you're going to get to learn lots of new skills And we don't have anybody heading up the sales department inside of Agora Pulse. And I was like, I've never done sales. I don't know the first thing about it. And he's like, you'll figure it out. So that is exactly what I started to do five years ago. And it's been one heck of a journey over the last 10 years.
0: So that that aligns really well, if you will, for lack of a better word metaphor with what I described my son, you know, kind of yeah. going into this whole, like how I got here. I don't know, but all of a sudden I've had phenomenal success building upon it, building upon it, building upon it. So you should logically... At this point in time, be on top of your game, have no emotional, physical, mental health issues, have no self-doubts because you've proven to yourself that you can, you can survive when the, when the going gets tough, and you can reinvent yourself, and people respect you, and they, and they actually go after you and recruit you and empower you. So why are we having this conversation, Jenny?
1: Yeah, well, there's always a monster that lives at some part of my head. <laughs> and I think I've said that to you before, you know, I try and make it live over in that side of the room and tell it to be quiet and sit down. But there's always this aspect of me that kind of um, goes back, I think, to, you know, things that maybe occurred in my growing up years. And I've done a lot on NLP. I've done a lot of therapy, be straight out there and say it. Um, It's really important, you know. Um, And I think there's always a part of me because I'm such an overachiever when I've learned something and I get to that stage then I'm not satisfied there's this period of kind of oh I've got to figure this out again and it gets a little bit wobbly for me but then when I start to achieve small little steps along that piece of the journey then I start to feel empowered again and then I start to feel confident again but what I've learned in the last few years is that if I'm not looking after myself on very basic levels none of that can happen so like none of the mental or emotional stability that I need will happen if I don't prioritize what I actually need um, to, to be in a good place to continue to grow and and be of service at the end of the day to the people that I work for and my team.
0: Okay, so this is where we're going to take a left turn, folks. We're gonna, the, the theme hasn't changed, but you're probably thinking this is going down a road solely of mental health, mental well being, and we and we will continue that conversation. But Jenny just made a reference about effectively, you know, if I have these little wins, if I if I do this, if I do that. All of this comes into how you are successful, how you take care of yourself. She said, if I just, I learned, if I just take care of myself. Okay. She mentioned therapy. I went to therapy too after I broke, after I broke down, by the way. So she was smarter. She went to therapy, I think before she broke down, but either way, self-aware, right? Self-aware. So... um And then, and then do something about it. So that's the first step. It's just admitting you might have a problem. That's what they always say. The 12 step process, admitting you have a problem and then asking for help. Okay. But you talked about taking care of yourself. So there's lots of ways that we can take care of ourselves. Can you share two, three, four, five different ways that you collectively take care of yourself, whether it's mental health or other ways that help fuel your success in your sales career?
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, um, talking about my sales career specifically, um, I think I alluded to that, you know, I'm an overachiever and 100% is probably never good enough for me. I always want to surpass it. And what used to happen to me was I would be so focused on the goal that I would not be focusing on those small incremental steps that I could make every single day to get me to that goal. So so focused on the big thing and, oh, my God, am I going to get there and how am I going to get there and when is this going right and is that going going right, Um, that I really, what I needed to do is step back and even just look at how I structure my day, right? So, like, if I don't put Jenny first at the beginning of every day, nobody's going to get the best version of me, like including myself. So the first thing I do every morning, I meditate, I exercise, um I have a cup of tea um I journal um and of late for this month I've removed all the social media off my phone because I found in COVID that I was just like diving into apps before I got out of bed and I was wondering why I was starting to feel really anxious again and Again, you alluded to it earlier on. You know, I'd be looking at other people on LinkedIn, sales leaders and go, oh God, they've got, you know, they've got their shit together. They really know what they're doing. They're going to find out about me. They're all going to know. And like, I was starting to get this imposter syndrome and that anxiety again. And I know from the past that when I put in a really good routine around my morning, around my food, around my exercise and a bit of time just to reflect and think, okay, what have I got to focus on today in terms of my process? How many calls do I have? When I started to do that, it just all started to build, like building blocks, building blocks, building blocks. And the su- success just follows. It really does just follow. When I'm not doing that, it just, everything goes off the tracks.
0: All right. So let's exam. We're going to keep on, on this dialogue. get got lots to cover. But let's, let's just kind of parcel out some of the action items that you can do, learning from Jenny. Okay. And I will say I do much of what she says as well. So one of the things that her Jenny say was she takes time to meditate, exercise, have her cup of tea, you know, and she chose intentionally to turn off social media to start her day. All right, it's the first part. I am not dissimilar. For me, it's like I have to get up, I have to just immediately get a, cu- a cup of coffee, go to a quiet spot in the house, got a favorite chair, it's wonderful. And I sit and I, it sounds, I read the news. And I mean, not just like news. I mean, like news, Reddit, you know, any kind of like conversation that's nothing to do with SaaS sales, nothing to do with technology, nothing to do with marketing. It's literally just what's going on in the world? What's going on in your community? What's going on in your village or your city that you live in? You know, people, hey, what's the latest feature on the iPhone and can that apply to me? In other words, it just, it takes my mind away from the day. So I'm not stressing. and I, I, I allow myself to wake up slowly and then I get ready for the day. And then the next thing she said she does is she sets her goals for that day. She's been very intentional with her time. All right. So she's, she's developed a plan. And she said, if you do all this, everything falls in place, which is really big, right? So in other words, I'm assuming you've seen, I know I've seen And I know everybody who's familiar with the A-team knows I love it when a plan comes together, right? That's the the classic line. I love it when a plan comes together. In other words, when you have a plan and it actually comes together, you achieve your goals. You can't hyperventilate about achieving or not achieving the goal if you've got a plan. Because if it works out right, it's a good plan, away you go. And yet I see too many salespeople, Jenny, never, never do a daily planner, never do a call planner, and then they wonder why they're struggling. So for you, you're telling me that was really, really important.
1: Yeah, it was really important because I was really bad at that. Like I didn't plan my day. I never put anything in a Google calendar. If you look at my Google calendar now, everything is color-coded from my CrossFit session to my lunch, to my time with my kids to, and some people might think it's a bit overkill, like you've got everything in your life organized, but I just have those blocks. And I um, I did a time management and productivity session. Plug coming up for a friend with a friend of mine called Tanya Dotson Winkler. And it she really showed me how to leverage my calendar to have a a, a feeling of you're on this process path and you're on the step-by-step process of what you need to do every single day. And for me, and this is I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, it reduces the anxiety for me because I'm like, that's what I'm doing today. And If I get all of that done, I'll feel like I've achieved something. And if I don't get other people's priorities done, I'm sorry. I'll get them done sometime else. But it just really gave me a a sense of ownership over my calendar. As I say, for 2021, it all went out the window. I'm only just like back since the beginning of January, behaving myself again.
0: <laughs> but that's common. That's common. Right? And you're going to go in seasons, folks, where the, you just go off the rails, but then you come back. But I think it's really important is, is that a couple of things, right? When you do that time management, so you have a routine, right? you know, whatever your morning routine is, and then your, your daily routine, your work routine, it's str- it's somewhat structured and intentional. When you do that, two things happen. Your anxiety levels drop dramatically, and your sense of control increases dramatically. All right, so that's that's big. All right, what other things have you done to help you with this overall well being so you can be successful?
1: Yeah, um, I think for for now it's about focusing on making some plans to have some fun, capital F U um, N. Last year. You know, we've had, we've been living in this like really weird time of the pandemic with lockdowns and different countries have been different and I really fell into just being in the work zone all of the time. So even when I was like not at work, I was in work up here. Um, and again, so boundaries for me is really important. And again, something I have, I'm preaching about and I'm only just getting back to practicing again. And it's funny, um, I sat with our sales operations, Mariana, manager Mariana last week, and we were talking about this and she felt like I'm starting to feel underwater. We've got so many things that we need to do. And we opened up the diary again and we made a pact that we'd hold each other accountability accountability partners around our usage of Slack because Slack is one of those places where I'm like Alison Wonder, Like once I go in there, I don't know where I'm going to end up. Um And so she was, she was the same. So again, it's about the boundary of, you know, we'll go in in the morning, we'll check what we have to, we'll kind of mark what's urgent, mark unread what's not urgent, and then leave until lunchtime, like put on your snooze and leave. And I think for reps, this is really important as well as like when you have your, all your tabs you your CRM, you've got your diary and you've got your notes, like literally have as little distraction in front of your eyeline as possible. Um, Because again, that's where you get sucked in. So I guess that's another small minor change um, was boundaries around tools um, and even around people, right? Because I am one of those people who really likes to help other people. And I feel really good when I help you and you get what you need. The trouble is sometimes you can go so far where the things that are really important and you need to be focusing on can start to slip. So again, if you're an SDR or you're an AE and you're that way inclined, it's really, really important to establish boundaries around people and tools as well.
0: All right. So let's explore more what Jenny's talking about here. She uses two words that I love. I'm gonna start with the latter one. She referenced accountability partner and that's something not everybody's familiar with. I hate accountability partners and I'll tell you why I hate them. I hate them because they hold me accountable, which is really saying I need an accountability partner. All right. And I love that Jenny's got a trusted colleague that she's using to hold one another accountable. And again, I mentioned the whole 12 step program this is, and by the way, I am not a graduate of the twelve step program. I've just watched enough TV. Um, but the whole one of the big things in there is they have accountability partners. You're talking about my sponsor. I have to have a daily check in with my sponsor. You know what that is that's an accountability partner. That's what that is. So you have two people who agree to hold one another accountable to an agreed upon mission. You know, or behavior, or call it what you will. When you're thinking of hopping in that Slack and then you go in the back of your head, you go, oh, but then I got to go tell my accountability partner that I didn't do what I said I was going to do. I don't want to have that conversation. Okay, I won't go in Slack. That's why you do it. It's totally guilt, just so we're clear in that. But it works wonders. Now, the first thing she mentioned was boundaries. And I love this. So she talked about boundaries with tools. She mentioned Slack. But then she talked about boundaries with people. There are certain people who will just suck all the time away from you you can imagine, talk nonstop. And before you know it, you can't get anything done. So you gotta have those boundaries with them. I'll go one step further and I'll say boundaries with assignments. And this is the one thing that took me a long time to figure out. Listen, if your daily routine is three things, or your boss He's dumping stuff on you. There comes a point in time when you say, instead of saying, okay, okay, okay. And you're getting more and more and more anxious. Oh my God. You say boundary. If you want me to do this new task that you've given me, I can't, what do I have to give up? So true story. I had the CEO of my company come to me the other day and I we're, we're doing some, um, we're making some changes here at the company, like everybody does at this time of the year. You go New Year, you know, we're going to fix the sins of the old and have the New Year with, with changes. And as some of those changes have, at least in the short term, given me a bigger workload. So the CEO, that grand pooh-paw comes to me and says, I need you to do this. And I go, and I knew I couldn't. I knew because I had more burden, knew, knew, new changes, I have more stuff. I pushed back and I said, because of what we're doing, I've got a bigger load. Either you do this instead or I'll do it, but I need to give you something else. So I actually, I pushed up to the CEO. You know, his response was great idea. Okay, good. Yeah, I'll do it. No problem. It's amazing. Don't be afraid to have a logical conversation around boundaries. Okay. So that is brilliant. Now I want to go back to something you mentioned here. You mentioned that you were going to figure out social media. Said another way, you mentioned, said another way you mentioned that you're going to master your craft that's really what you're alluding to which is a never-ending process is that part of this whole self-help well-being regimen mastering your craft or is that separate i just want to make sure i'm clear on that
1: um yeah i would say it's a part of it for me well-being is linked to how i feel about the progress i'm making in my work so yeah it's definitely linked mastering your craft i mean i read a lot so i listen to podcasts i have audible on my phone um i i'm always learning i i i think it's really important to have a level of humility that like it's great that i've learned what i know so far there's lots of people who know a hell of a lot more than me um and i love learning i love learning from other people i love asking dumb questions <laughs> um because it's just always development and it you know we're all on different trajectory on our learning curves um so yeah it is definitely part of this well-being piece for me
0: anyway. Has anybody in your organization, because you've been there now, if I recall, he's saying run me ballpark five-ish years, give or take. Has yeah. anybody noticed that you've taken ownership of your well-being and remarked upon that or made any observations back to you?
1: um people noticed that I had uh taken my hands off my well-being so members of my team my AE team who are wonderful and some of them have been with me since the very beginning called me out and they said you're working too hard you're here too long you're sending too many messages in Slack. And it was amazing because we have this culture of feedback in our company where it doesn't matter what role you're in. If there is something happening that's impacting your day or you see is impacting somebody else's, we're encouraged to give each other feedback, to help each other. Um, and so I wouldn't say that, uh, you know, my fabulous wellbeing <laughs> impact has started to filter through, but I noticed in 2021 that one of the things that I think people really love working with me for is my enthusiasm and my energy and my upbeat positivity and that definitely the the, you know the shine had gone off the silver last year for sure and i think some of my colleagues definitely noticed that i was more anxious a little bit more worrisome and again it was just all back to jenny wasn't looking after jenny and so if you're not in that place again you're not going to be able to have a positive impact and it's my res- I feel also it's my responsibility to myself but also again to you know the people who are on my team and especially when you're in leadership whether you're a manager or a VP of sales or whatever it is what you other people are watching even subconsciously you you might not think it but but they are they're seeing how you're how you're looking after yourself or not as the case may be um and a very quick story, our CEO, Emric, who's a big uh, proponent of feedback inside the organization, interviewed one of my AEs last year. And he was like, how are you doing? You know, they were having a great chat. He's like, oh, you know, I'm working really hard. Like, I'm here till eight every night. and like, got to get my number, got to get my number. And he was like, why are you working till eight o'clock? Like, you know, our culture is like very much about, you know, boundaries. And, oh, well, well Jenny does that. And Jenny's really successful. And I want to be really successful as well. And he is able to say... Oh, okay. Well, that's not necessarily how to be successful. So it's really good to have accountability, visibility, culture, feedback, and talk about these topics inside an org, because not only does it help AEs, SDRs, managers, it helps everyone in the company.
0: All right. We are out of time, folks. Jenny's awesome. I told you she would be. You should follow her. Jenny, is LinkedIn the best way to find you?
1: Yep. Yeah, LinkedIn is definitely the best way to find me.
0: All right. So she's the uh, Senior Director of Sales at Agora Pulse, social media management company. Check them out. Um, she's awesome. You should follow her. She's brilliant with all of her insights, and she's just fun. Let's recap some of what we talked about today, folks, because we talked about a lot. And you know, some of this could be hitting close to home, and maybe you, you, your head went down a rabbit hole because of something that Jenny or I said, and you kind of miss a little bit. So the recap is this. We talked about your mental health being really important. And don't be afraid to ask for help or get help, therapy, whatever, right? We talked about recognizing you have an issue. There's no shame in that, trust me. It's only strength. We talked about a daily startup routine. We talked about planning your day, your calls, your objectives, whatever it was. Reduce that anxiety, increase your confidence. And she said that success will follow. We talked about setting boundaries, whether it be tools or people, or assignments. All right? So that way, again, you can manage your well-being. Talked about an accountability partner. Those are all tips and tricks that are brilliant. In a recap, what does all this umbrella cover? We're talking kids about your emotional, your physical, and your mental health. It's important. Process and productivity, they go hand in hand. If you're not feeling like you're doing enough productivity because you don't want to be there eight o'clock at night, then maybe you need to look at your process Talk about manage that time, right? Manage that time, but master your craft. If you master your craft, you'd be better at your job. You'd be less skilled, you have more success. It all goes together. One affects the other. In the end, self care matters. It matters for you, it matters for your organization, it matters for your family. It matters because my friend, you will sleep better at night and you will not resent your job because that's no way to live. Our goal here every time, folks, is to get you 1% marginally better. We talked nothing at all about sales skills today. We did not do any objection handling, no price negotiation, no discovery. We did not debate whether spin is better than (sighs) medpick. But we did talk about you. And today, that's the most important topic. Jenny, my friend, you are awesome. Thanks for being on the show. Loved having you here. No worries.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, kids, we did it, and we're going to do it again. Probably, I don't know, next week. Tune in. Share this episode with everybody on your team. Do them a good one. Say you need to hear Jenny talk about how to rock at your job and be happy and have balance and all that crazy-ass stuff. I'm Daryl. We'll see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.